In the beginning, the Word was with God. That Word became the foundation of all we have, know, and do. That Word, Christ, became our hope for the future and a better life with Him. Join us at RCCG Warm and Glory Tabernacle as we dig our roots into His Word and grow towards His light. We are continuing in our series in this year of spiritual growth. This month or today, we are going to be looking at the marker of growth of faith of one. And based on what we talked about last week, we saw that information that you do not you can you don't have at your fingertips is not of use to you it's not of use to anybody that is why we ask that you memorize scripture that is why we ask that you know the things of god so that when it is needed it'll be available for you i could have the most perfect safe with the most secure combination. If I cannot remember my combination, the safe is not helpful. The safe becomes useless. Thank you. Praise God. Today we'll be looking at faith. And part of what we want to look at in faith is... First of all, we want to know what faith is. So we're going to be reading from Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. We want to read. We're going to read the first half of that. Okay. So I want us first of all to, to let's study from, or let's read. Let somebody read who is a fast reader. Or I, I can read from 1 to 20. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. By faith, that is the inherent trust and enduring confidence in the power, wisdom, and goodness of God. We understand that the worlds were framed and created, put in order, equipped for their intended purpose by the word of God. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which it was certified of him that was righteous. And God testified by accepting his gift. And though he died, yet through this act of faith, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was cut up and taken to heaven so that he would not have a glimpse of death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For even before he was taken, he received the testimony that he had worked with God and pleased him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever comes near to God was believed that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about events not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his family. By this act of obedience, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness by which faith comes. By faith, Abraham, when he was called by God, obeyed by going to a place which was about to receive as an inheritance, and he went, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a foreigner in the promised land, as in a strange land, 
living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, who were fellow heirs of the same promise. For he was waiting expectantly and confidently, looking forward to the city which has foundations, an eternal heavenly city, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive a child, even when she was long past the normal age for it, because she considered him who had given her the promise to be reliable and true. So, from one man, though he was physically as good as dead, were born as many descendants as the stars in <laughs> the stars in of heaven in number and innumerable as the sands of the seashore. All these died in faith, guided and sustained by it, without receiving the tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen and dissipated them, and having welcomed them from a distance, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. Now, those who say such things make it clear that they are looking for a country of their own. And if they are rethinking of that country from which they departed as their true home, they will have had an opportunity to return. But the truth is that they were longing for a better country, that is, a heavenly one. For that reason, God is not ashamed of them or to be called their God. God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, that the destiny of his faith was still in progress, he offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises of God, but ready to sacrifice his only son, to whom it was said, Through Isaac, your descendant shall be called. For he considered it reasonable to believe that God was able to raise Isaac even from among the dead. Abraham did receive him back from the dead, figuratively speaking. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, believing what God revealed to him, even regarding things to come. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So one of the things that we see here in this scripture is it talks about faith. Now, what, what is faith? What is faith? Way, the way faith is described as here, he says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But what does that mean? What, is, what does it mean? It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. What does that mean in English? What does it mean? It's, it's a title deed, something you can hold on to. Can somebody read it from Good News? Read chapter 1, verse 1, please. Good News. Good News translation. Or New Life, New Life version. One of those two. Anybody? Faith is to be sure. To have faith. Is to be sure. So part of the things that, of the markers of growth that we are looking at today is the fact that you are sure. Become sure as you grow. So my question to you today is, 
What are you sure of? What are you sure of? If I ask you, are you sure you are wearing a red or should I say burgundy or wine? Whatever color you want to call it. Somebody call it magenta. Are you wearing a red dress? Magenta dress. If I ask you, Aaron, are you sure you're wearing a white shirt? You'd say, yes, yes. If I ask you, are you sure you're wearing a red shoe, for example? Are you sure? So if you say yes, why? That is your that is what you are sure of. So, part of what happens is as we grow, you find out that we become surer as you grow. You become surer of the things that God has promised to you. You become surer of the things that you have not yet received. How many people know that once you receive something, it is no longer free? So if I say, I believe this chair is going to support me, I am sure this chair is going to, I have faith this chair is going to support me. And then I sit down. I don't have to be waiting it anymore. So if I ask you, are you sure your tomorrow will be all right? Are you sure that God will answer your prayer? Are you sure that where you are, you are where God wants you to be? Are you sure that by this time tomorrow, you will still be alive? you sure that you will make heaven? Are you sure that God is happy with what you are doing? Are you sure that what, how you are living is the way God would have you, the best of what God has for you? Some of, sometimes you see that sometimes we don't have, we don't use, we think we don't use faith. But faith is a foundation to almost any and everything we do. And the question is, who has faith? So who has faith? It says all of us. We agree. What about the person outside? Do they have faith? Do they have faith? The person outside that, doesn't, that is going to hell, does the person have faith? Why do you say the person going to hell has faith? Okay? Even that his car will start. Yes, they have faith. So does that mean a Christian can have faith not in God? So, 
amongst other things. Thank you. So, when a Christian is looking at man, is that faith? Is faith in man, correct? Thank you. So, the question I will ask is this. Do you need faith in God? Do you need faith in God? So, let's let's go to verse 6. It says, for without faith, it is impossible. Stop. And it says it is impossible. Anything you put after impossible, anything you put after impossible, does not matter. Right? If I say, so it says, without faith, it is impossible. So it doesn't matter what else comes out. So if you don't have faith, it is impossible. That is, it is not. That is, it is not that you can. It will be. It will be possible if you, if you do it more and more and more and more and more. If it is, if it, if 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 I say, you know, I can bend this and twist it, and it will become a pretzel. It is impossible for me to touch this, and it becomes a donut. Like, but it cannot be a donut. Are we together? So, regardless of how many times you pray, regardless of how many times you fast, regardless of how many things you think you are doing without faith, when it comes to God, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Why do we need to please God? Why do we need to please God? Yes. Why do we need to please God? Do you think you need to please God? Why do you need to why do you need to please God? Sorry? Because you have to. You think one second now. Why do you think you need to please God? So God, if you don't please him, he will send you to hell. So he's like this. Hell, sender. That is like, if you do not please me, you are going to hell. Is that how you see God? But it, it shows, that is the perception you have about God. So, my question to you is, are you pleasing God in every way? So, if hell was not a factor, because you see, that's, that is what a school of thought has come up with. They say, God, God is the hell sending God. He will send you to hell if you don't, if you don't please him. Therefore, if, we, if hell does not exist, would you really relate with him? If hell. So, remember we talked last week. We talked about motivation. Right? We talked about, sorry if you, if you, you were not here. But we talked about motivation. And part of the two, there are two kinds of motivation. What kind of, how, what, how many, what, what did we say the type of motivation? 
the carrot and the stick. The rod and the staff. Right? It says, the rod, thy rod, thy staff, they... Both the rod and the staff. Are they not the same stick? It is, depends on what it is doing. But thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So, so, <laughs> so, I ask, I ask, I ask, if you are not pleasing God, if you think that is why you need to please God, and, and, and this is, this brings out how we relate to God. As you grow, you begin to see some of these things that if it is just because of hell, if it is, oh, uh, you, are, you are looking at God as a resenting God, when you feel that there are two things that can happen, you can decide that, you know, you don't care anymore. That is when your conscience gets seared with hot iron. And then you can just continue doing whatever you like. I don't want to please God. I don't care if God, if God does not, there's no God. God does not exist. That is one thing. Another thing that can happen is that you can just be living your life through fear. Right? But the Bible says, and this is God saying, it says, perfect love casts out all fear. When the Bible talks about fearing God, it's talking about reverential God. Reverential fear. For example, do you love your mommy? Love your mommy. 50. Do you love your mommy? How many percent? 90. Do you fear your mommy? So it, it, it is part of the things we need to be able to see and look at. Because we need to know that as we grow, we begin to see these things. Faith becomes a marker of our growth. We have an assurance. We've seen that everybody has faith. Even Christians have faith. We have faith in God. When we don't have faith in God, what is it called? No. When we have faith in the opposite of what God can do, you, yes, you want to say something? It is either fear or called on belief. Yes, your question. About what sort of relationship that is. So, God is multifaceted. God is our Father. He can punish us if we do wrong. But that, I don't think, should be the first thing we. No, it's not that. It is not one of the things we think about. But it may be that that really is what defines our relationship. Because if, if I look at Fire Kumi and I say, um, um, I don't know, a word that that's not what you're thinking about when you're thinking about your relationship with me. So I don't think this is wrong or right because we love God and we should fear God. And so no one is picking up for being wrong. Don't take it like that. We're just saying what comes out first when you think about your relationship with God should be looked at, I think, for everyone. Yeah. Sorry. Does that answer your question? Wait, wait, give it to your... Does that answer your question, though? So I'll, I'll rephrase what I, I believe your question was. So your question was, um, I can, um, 
I, my, my coming to God was because I heard there's a heaven and a hell. And I'm aware the things I do may determine if I can go to heaven or hell. Um, isn't that different from having faith in God? Yes? Okay. So, in actual fact, it's, it first of all speaks to the fact that what you're saying is not wrong. It's a foundation. The foundation of our salvation is after I chose to believe in God, my, my saying yes to God brings me away from heaven, away from hell to heaven. But you must move from there because your works do not get you to heaven or hell. Everybody's saying, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. But what I'm emphasizing then is not whether God is going to fling me into hell far away. It's like, I'm, yeah, and that's for you to clarify. And that I see you. you and that's, that's why we say there's no wrong or right to this. It's just for you to look at it and say, oh, is it because I, I want a relationship with him? Is it because like Enoch that was taken away? I want to be with him so much. I want to go to heaven. Or okay, So, does that help you? Yes. Does it help you? You, you, you stay. You have all the whole week to ask your questions. You don't ask. It's too, we can't answer everything here. Okay. Let, let's continue. Now, one of the things that, part of the reasons we want to please God, she says not to go to hell. But what are the other reasons we want to please God? Why do you want to please God? So that you can be friends with God. Why do you want to be friends with God? Get to know him better. Okay? So, any other person? Why do you want, why do you, why do you want to please God? To thank him for all he's done. To thank him for all he's done, yeah. Somebody wants to say something? It's the dynamic of a relationship. Any yes. relationship, whether it's... Uh, with your family or with your friends. So have a, a relationship. He's a person. He's yes. A, and he's, he's, he's a person. And so you want to, in any relationship with you're in, you want to please the other person and you want the other person to please you mm. uh, in whatever context the relationship is in. Okay. Uh, and so you, that's the nature of a relationship. So in that context, right, if God says the only reason you are coming to me is because you don't want me to throw you in hell, Hey, what do you think he? What do you think he feels? Again, I think you know God is relational. We've established that. I mean, yes. he was going to the yes. to Adam every evening. He wanted to relate with them, and when they had done wrong, even though he couldn't withstand sin, he still thought of a way to bring to them bring back. Them so back. I think that when when the Bible says, "Without faith, it is impossible to please God." It is probably again speaking to the constant, the state of God to us now. We don't see him in the evening. Mm. We don't see anything. So, I mean, you are very crazy to people who don't believe in God. People who don't believe that there's a God think you are silly when you sit down and say you are praying. It's as simple as that. So I think that when they're saying that faith, the fact that God sees you reaching out, even when physically there's really nothing, I think he must give him pleasure. I mean, so, let's read that scripture again. It says, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. Number one, for he who comes to God, number one, must believe that there is a God. First of all, this is one of the things that will help him be happy with us. Right? To please him. 
it is, number one, we must believe that he is, number one, that when I pray, he hears me. When I pray, he is listening. So when we say, I don't think God will answer that prayer. I've been praying for a long time. Have faith. We have faith. Yes, we do. We believe that he has chosen not to answer the prayer. Are we together? We believe. When we say, if I say something, I say, if I say, Ochuko, will your daddy ever buy you a PS5? Will your dad ever buy you a PS5? He will. So you, he believes that he will. Right? But if I ask you, he has faith that his father will buy him a PS5. Right? But if, for example, sorry, you have a question. You have something. Yes. You said that if God doesn't answer the prayer, it's that he didn't want to. But what if it's on his own like, time schedule. It is possible. But you, 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 it's like it's on his time schedule. But you yourself, you believe that he's not answering you because you want it. You have been praying for it. It has not yet come. To know whether... That was what God wanted. I, I mean, it really helps me when, let's say I'm praying and I don't say it. Sometimes I'll go backtrack and I say, God, is this, is this, is what, this you even what you'd like me? me? I mean, so that I don't, is I don't this keep what, is this, Should I be praying Pray for, for this? this? I have those conversations. Yes, I agree with you. But the first step, first of all, is that you even believe that he, he is. And then the second part says, is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. How old was Abraham? When he received Isaac. Is anybody 100 yet? So, 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 <laughs> in your mind you are 100. <laughs> so, in essence, what we are saying is this. That regardless, regardless of what, please remind me again, what is faith? Being sure. Keep it simple. We like simple things. What is, what is faith? Being sure. Being confident of the things you have hoped for or you have asked. For how long? Until you get it. So this is what happens when, as we grow. We know that God answers prayers. Let's open our Bibles to Proverbs 19, 12. One of the reasons we look at, we want to see one of the reasons why we praise or we want to please God. 
Proverbs 19.12. 12. Wrath. That's anger. Oh, sorry, I thought it was wrong. Okay, sorry, go ahead. A king's rage is like a roar of a lion, but his favor is like the dew on the grass. A dew on the grass. What does what does dew do to grass? It makes it wet. Well, yes. But it makes it to grow. Because you know what happens? It's not everyday dew. It's not everyday rainfalls. But every day there is dew. Dew is like Water is, you know, in the morning. Moisture that rests on the grass. So that is dew, right? So, so that he's, what does dew do to grass? It makes sure that they have a constant supply. Even though it is not the rain. It makes sure that there is always something. There's always provision for them. There's always something for them. There is a provision for them. He finds a way for you to have, you know, just just take this one. You know, I might not be having, just take this one. Oh, you came to see me. Oh, take this one. You know, you are in a relationship. Oh, I, I, I feel like I want to bless you. You can have this. It might not be the rain. But the dew is important. Let's look again. Let's look at it in Proverbs 16, 7, and then 15. Proverbs 16, 7, and 15. Yes. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's pleasure. way. Pleasure. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes the, their enemies to make peace with them. So when we please God, when we have faith, in God, what happens? The, our enemies, why are we upset with him? Why don't we just, why are we fighting with him? Let's just settle. Let's just, let's just carry on. Why? Because the man's ways please God. Continue. The next one. Yes. Verse. Eight. Verse. Eight. No, no. Seven and fifteen. When a king's face brightens, it means life. His favor is like a rain cloud in spring. His favor is like a rain cloud in spring. My my translation says. Um, 16. Oh, sorry, I was looking at 15. It was a different thing. It says, uh, it says, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. When God favors you, things happen. Good things happen around you when he's pleased with you. Now, it does not mean that we cannot faint or we cannot, you know, we cannot. Have unbelief. Even as Christians, which is one of the things I want everybody to be aware. Because there's, there's something God said to somebody. He said, um, he said that, you know, do you believe that I can do this? He said, yes. Jesus Christ was talking to somebody. He said, yes, Lord, I believe. But 
help my unbelief. Help the part of me that believes you don't want to do it. Help the part of me that believes that you cannot do it. The part of me that says that you chose not to do it. Help the part of me that believes that I am not the right person to receive it. Help the part of me that says that you do it for other people, but when it comes to me, you will not answer me. Exactly, man. So he's too busy, but he answers for other people. He's very busy. So maybe he's busy. I need to cry out a little bit more. Maybe he's busy. He's, so I need, to, I need to do this more. Maybe he's busy. But, but because we don't believe he actually wants us to have these things. But... Let's open to the book of Let's go to James. Let's go to James as we round up. Because this is, like I say, it's just going to be the, the first part of this. We will continue next week. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Hmm. It says, count it all joy. What does that version say again? Count it what? What does it say? It says, consider it pure, pure, pure joy, pure joy that the Testing of your faith. What, what is that faith is saying? What did we say faith is again? Sure, your, sure, your confidence. So the, the sure, your assuredness, your, your, the testing of your, your, your being sure. It says count it all joy when you are being tested. Who can count it all joy when they are being tested or tempted? Because it's tempted and tested. Only James can count it. <laughs> Only James can, can look at it. So it's like I am being tempted. I am being tempted to sin and counting it all joy. So, but why does it say we should count it all joy? That's why we are. That's why we, that's what we want to find out. So, what does it mean that we should count it all joy? Knowing that, I mean, when you're sure. Look beyond the difficult times. But can you look at it? I mean, when you are being tested, he says here, you, are, you know, the temptation comes. Because part of, remember what we talked about temptation? Temptation is to prove our content. It is to show us what we believe. The Bible says, and this sign shall follow them that believe. In essence, what is following you is as a result of what you have believed. So it says here, count it all joy when you are being tested. 
she gifts. So he said, I am sure, I am sure, I am sure. Let's test that. Are you sure? Let's test that. Can you lift up this chair? Let's test that. Can you? Can you? You say that God is... <laughs> put it down. You say that God is able to provide for you. Let's test that. You say that God is your... Is your is all, you know, your all in all. Let's test it. You say that God, you know... Your God is your provider. Let's test it. You say that God can, you know, can answer or, you know, can bless you. Right? Let's test it. You say that God is able to, you know, to, 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 to defeat your enemies. Let's test it. <laughs> you believe that the things that you have asked God for, that you are praying for God, let's test it. So he's saying you should count it pure joy. What does Mr. Bible say again? Count it share gifts. When your assuredness, your confidence is being tested. Why? Because we have to look at the next one. Next one, he says, knowing this. So if you don't know this, you will not count it all joy. He says that the trying of your faith works patience. Count it joy because you will become patient. So that assuredness that you are talking about, that assuredness that the time that it will, it will give you patience, that the fact that you say, I can do something and you failed, it is not because God will not answer you. It is that God might be trying to work something out for you. It's not that you, could, you did not do it in the past and you did not work. But it, as in, you did it now, it failed, but you have tried in the past and it worked. And he, God is like, God disappointed you. Because he, you tried it, you, you believed him and he did this and you could have, you know, you rose out like Moses. Moses in the situation where I was, I was, I'm supposed to be a deliverer. I went out, I killed this person, and God, you could not protect me. I give up. I'm running away. And then between 40 years to 80 years, God just let him learn patience. So, what is God trying to tell, teach you? Remember, we said pain. Has a message. Blessing. Last week, sorry. Pain has a, a message. Blessing. Have a message. What is the blessing's message to you? What is pain's message to you? Shall we rise up on our feet? Thank you for investing your time in listening. Start a new adventure with us by reaching out on phone at 306-850-4356 through our website at www.rccgwgt.ca or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Warm and Glory Tabernacle, birth in His glory, creating a place of God's presence and establishing His kingdom on earth.